sell something people want. If you heard the premise of Drew Ackerman's podcast, you would never predict that it would be a hit. There are no interesting guests. Drew rambles, stutters, and meanders through each episode. Some can last up to two and a half hours. Even when he has a topic, he rarely finishes a thought. Listeners admit that they can't make it through an episode without nodding off. One reviewer at the Globe and Mail called Drew a human sleeping pill. And yet his show, Sleep With Me, has a five-star rating on iTunes. Over 1,300 people have left positive reviews. Drew's fans have set up a Facebook group and a subreddit to discuss their love for the show. He currently has 1,720 people who donate monthly on Patreon. How come this weird show has so much traction? Well, because Drew Ackerman is selling something people want. A good night's sleep. The whole point of the show is to lull insomniacs into a deep slumber. Emily Moyer was so moved by the show, she wrote this note on Drew's Patreon page. I quote, Your podcast has helped me face the deep dark night without fear or anxiety. I listen every night, and you've always been there, giving it your all. You have no idea what it means to me to have your lulling, soothing tones and pointless meanders there with me when the world is quiet and my brain bots have just drank a triple espresso. I love what you do. The compassion you have shines through, and I am so grateful. End quote. I have to tell you, this podcast changed my life too. As someone who's always struggled to fall asleep, I was willing to try anything. It only took one episode for me to become a believer. I listen every night, and I can't shut up about it. I talk about it on social media, at the coffee shop, when friends visit, and on my own podcast. Once people experience it, they talk about it. In fact, I just went back and searched, and I realized that I found out about the show from someone else on Twitter. So good, they can't stop talking about you. The truth is, 90% of marketing is about making something people really want. When people find something they love, they can't keep the secret to themselves. They have to share it with their friends. This is why I've always believed that products and marketing need to work together. How do you create something that elicits this response? Build your product around a burning desire or a hair on fire kind of problem. Burning desire. If you were alive in the 90s, you might remember a woman's haircut that swept North America by storm. It was dubbed the Rachel, named after Jennifer Aniston's character on the TV sitcom Friends. Seemingly overnight, women all over the globe sought out the layered shag hairstyle. It's estimated that over 11 million women donned the Rachel during that decade. Talk about burning desire. Most often, you see this effect in the consumer market. A new product is released and it awakens a deep desire in them that they must satisfy. Apple, the electronics company, is the master of building products that elicit this reaction. I was in college when the first iPod was launched. All my peers had to have one. Everything from the click wheel to the signature white earbuds became objects of desire. These purchases are motivated by our yearning to impress our friends, be entertained, experience pleasure, or find happiness. Hair on fire! 
People aren't just motivated by desire, they're also motivated by pain. Hair on fire describes a problem so severe it becomes a person's top priority to solve. A great example is a toothache. If you've ever experienced the pain of a dental abscess, you know what I'm talking about. You can't sleep. You can't eat. You can't think. With pain like that, you'll do almost anything to solve it right away. If burning desires are most evident amongst consumers, then hair on fire pains are most visible in the business market. What keeps the boss up at night? What painful issue is consuming all of a manager's time? These are the types of problems you want to target. Your product or service should be the ultimate pain reliever. MailChimp is one of the world's most profitable software companies. They targeted one of the messiest problems in the tech industry, mass delivery of emails. Regular email counts limit the number of emails you can send during a day. Gmail, for example, only lets you send 100 to 150. If you need to send your newsletter to 15,000 customers, it's a big pain. MailChimp solves all the technical headaches, compliance with email clients, adherence to spam laws, so the business owner doesn't have to. Your turn. When you build something that brings out a strong response, it's much easier to stand out and get people to buy your wares. What to do with an existing product? If you've already created a product or service and have customers, it may be possible to pivot. Follow these steps to identify opportunities. First, make a list of your best customers. Who loves your product and pays for it? Make a list. Call your best customers. The best way to learn is to listen. Get on the phone or Skype. Hear about why they signed up. See where they're currently getting the most value. Finally, ask them where they're currently struggling. Write down everything you learn. Third, compare what you learned to your analytics. Does your product have usage metrics? Take what you've learned in your customer calls and see if it aligns with what you're seeing in the data. Are people really using that feature? Step four, create three columns. On one side, write what's working. In the middle, write what people really want. And in the final column, write what's not working. Fifth step, double down on what's working. This applies to both promotion and product development. Focus your energy on marketing channels that are yielding results. Improve the best parts of your product. Make them even better. Sixth step, identify the number one thing people want. Look at your middle column. It likely contains a lot of ideas. Your job is to identify the one burning desire or hair on fire issue on that list. Don't try to do them all. Choose one. And the final step, stop doing what's not working. Great product people know how to call features that aren't working. Don't keep something around just because you built it. That just adds bulk to your product. You want a lean machine that provides immense value for customers. Okay, what about if you're building a new product? When you're creating something new, the process is similar. Here's the process to follow. Number one, make a list of potential customers. If you can't think of five to 10 people in your target market, you're either in the wrong market or you haven't been building enough relationships. Step two, call or meet with potential customers. The objective is to learn as much as you can about their world by listening and observing. Step three, create three columns. On one side, write products they love, in the middle, write big struggles, and in the final column, write strongest desires. Number four, identify the number one thing people want. 
After doing your research, you need to create a hypothesis. What issue comes up repeatedly with the people you interview? Step five, test your hypothesis. How do you know if you found the topic to focus on? Create a tiny solution. Instead of immediately building something big, find the smallest form factor that addresses that pain or desire. For example, you could create an email course, a blog post, or do a workshop. You may want to test multiple ideas so you can compare the results. And the final step, focus on what resonates. Once you've found that burning desire or hair on fire problem, keep iterating on your small initial version. Don't go from tiny to big. Climb the ladder one rung at a time. Make sure each iteration does a better job of solving the problem for the customer. Focus your marketing. If you're listening to your customers, they'll give you all the marketing material you'll ever need. Focus your promotional efforts on these three points. Number one, who are they? Identify your target customer as narrowly as you can. They should feel like you're speaking directly to them. Number two, what's their biggest desire? Outline the central problem. What do they want more than anything else? Many times you'll be describing a pain they've felt but have never been able to articulate. And number three, how do you solve their problem? Describe the outcome you're going to give the customer. How does your product make them better? What superpowers does it give them? This is a framework to apply to all the tactics in this book. When you're trying something new, use it as a checklist before you launch. Having customers is a great gift. If you stay attentive to their needs, they'll reward you with their patronage. Every maker needs to come to this realization. It's not about us. It's all about them. End of chapter.